Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Coffee Break Italian, Season 3, Episode 15. Buongiorno a tutti, benvenuti a Coffee Break Italian, io sono Mark. Benvenuti a tutti, io sono Francesca. Come stai Francesca? Molto bene Mark, grazie mille. Tu come va? Tutto bene, tutto bene, grazie. Today we are continuing kind of where we left off last time because we're continuing to look at the conditional. But in this episode we're focusing on a slightly different aspect of the conditional. Sì, esatto, Mark. In this episode, we are looking at the conditional in its perfect tense. Right. So, interestingly, this tense, in a sense, has two different names. I've always learned it as the conditional perfect, but I think in Italian you would tend to refer to it in a different way. Sì, noi lo chiamiamo il condizionale passato, the past conditional. So the past conditional and the conditional perfect are the same thing. That's really important. Sì. You might see in grammar books it being referred to the conditional perfect or the past conditional. One of the things I like about the conditional perfect is the fact that it immediately reminds you that it's a compound tense. It works in a very similar way to the perfect tense, so the pluperfect, or indeed the future perfect. So I think that, for me, helps. But it's also good to think of as a past conditional. And we'll see much more about this in this episode. Esatto, Mark, sì. Allora, bando alle chance. Sì, come sempre, diamo inizio alle danze. Okay, Francesca, tell us a little more about this conditional perfect or the past conditional. Va bene, Mark. Uh, the idea is actually very similar to what we discussed in the previous episode. And the focus simply changes from the present to, to the past. So we are giving, uh, we're making suggestions, we're giving advice, but with an idea of events happening in the past. Okay, so I think what would help here is if we first of all focus on how the the, the tense is formed. Mm-hmm. And I said it was a compound tense, so that we, sí. we know we're going to have a, an auxiliary verb in there. And when we hear the translations of this in English, I think that will help us to identify exactly what we're talking about here. Okay, perfetto. So the logic is always uh, the same logic for compound tenses. We need to decide whether a verb takes avere or essere in the past. Okay. Once we have established that, we simply need the conditional of avere or essere and the past participle. Facilissimo. <laughs> sì, sì. 
So let's think of uh, parlare, for example. Parlare, okay. So we know that parlare takes uh, avere because we say ho parlato, for example, in the passato prossimo. So we need the conditional of avere, first person, for example, avrei, and the past participle of parlare. So that would be avrei parlato. Sì, sì. So let's think about how we would translate that. So avrei is I would have. Sì. And parlato, spoken. Perfetto, sì. I would have spoken. Esatto, avrei parlato. So you can start to begin to think about situations where you would use that combination of words in English. I would have done something. Um, perhaps I would have gone. Sarei andato, o femminile, sarei andata. Of course, because andare takes essere, and that's why we need sarei, not avrei in this case. So Perfetto. sarei andato. Sarei andata. I would have gone. Um, I would have taken. Avrei preso. Okay. What about you would have taken? Avresti preso. Uh, he or she would have taken. Avrebbe preso. We would have taken. Avremmo preso. Double M, remember sì, that. Sì, bravissimo. And you, plural, would have taken. Avreste preso. And they would have taken. Avrebbero preso. Right. So, it does sound, to me, it sounds a little exotic. Davvero? A little bit exotic. Oh. Avrebbero preso. Um, they would have taken if they had the chance. But we'll not go there quite yet. So, we take then that conditional form of the auxiliary verb, combine it with the past participle, and we have a conditional perfect, or as we can also call it, a past conditional What about the functions of this tense then, Francesca? See, the functions are very similar to the functions we described in the, in the previous episode. So, uh, give advice, suggestions, uh, opinions referred to the past, and also talk about those things that we would have done if the circumstances had been different. So usually it's things that we didn't get to do in the end, uh, but we still want to talk about them and uh, envisage a possible uh, different uh, scenario. Okay, so uh, can, we, can we have an example of, of something like this? Sì, ad esempio, con più tempo avrei visitato anche l'Umbria quando ero in Toscana. Right, so, con più tempo, with more time, or if I had more time, avrei visitato, I would have visited, anche l'Umbria, also Umbria, quando ero in Toscana, when I was in Tuscany. So, if I had more time, then I would have visited Umbria as well as Tuscany when I was there. Esatto. So, the idea of the past conditional, the conditional perfect here, is that I didn't get to visit uh, Umbria because I didn't have uh, enough time, but I'm just considering how things uh, could have been different if I had had more time. Esatto, esatto. Give us another example. Okay, uh, so we said also advice, suggestions, giving opinions in, in a nice manner. Uh, so imagine you, uh, you did something and you didn't consult me, Mark. Dispiace. <laughs> uh, then I could say to you, avresti dovuto parlare prima con me. Right, now this is interesting because if we're translating this and we're translating it using the would have or whatever, so... 
avresti dovuto, you would have had to sì. parlare prima con me, to speak first with me. So you would have had to speak first with me or perhaps you ought to have spoken with me. Esatto. Now it's too late because you have already done what you had to do. Scusa. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm telling you how you should have done things uh, differently. So you said you should have done things differently. So sometimes we are not necessarily translating it with would have done something because in English we have different forms, the should have or the ought to. Sì, sì, esatto. Okay. Um, what, what should we do next then? Okay. Uh, there are some other interesting things that we can do uh, with the conditional perfect, mm-hmm. uh, which sound a little bit more advanced, okay. but I think it's worth just mentioning them. Right. So pour, pour yourself a coffee and, <laughs> and get, maybe pause the, the recording and get ready for this, um, because I think this is one of the things that really surprised me about the the conditional perfect when I started learning this. See, in Italian, we use uh, uh, the conditional perfect uh, to talk about uh, the future in the past. <laughs> So I'm not getting confused here. I really mean the future in the past. So when someone says something in the past with reference to the future and we are telling that story, let's say, then the future event is reported by using the conditional perfect. <laughs> I, I told you you would need a coffee in this one. <laughs> Imagine, imagine you said to me, uh, Francesca, studierò. Okay, I will study. Okay, and uh, in the past you told me, studierò. So, in the past I told you I will study, mm-hmm. but that past has now happened. Sì, and probably you haven't studied. Okay. <laughs> and I'm a bit angry. Okay. <laughs> and I can tell you, Mark, mi avevi promesso... Che avresti studiato. Right, so, mi avevi promesso, promesso from promettere, to promise. Mi avevi promesso, you had promised me, a pluperfect tense, che avresti studiato. Sì. Now, if we were translating this literally, then we would say, you had promised me that you would have studied. Sì. But that's not quite what we're saying here. We're saying, you promised me that you would study. In English, we use a normal conditional, that you would study. But because the whole thing is happening in the past, in Italian, we need to put that into a conditional perfect. Sì, esatto. And usually these events, uh, not 100% of the times, but often uh, carry the nuance that these things uh, have not really happened So probably you didn't study or uh, Serena ha detto che sarebbe rimasta a casa. So Serena said that she would stay at home. Again, literally, that she would have stayed at home. But I get the impression that she didn't. Probably she didn't. <laughs> Oops, okay. Um, th- this is also important. 
her reported speech. Bravissimo, sì, sì. I don't want to go into all the nitty-gritty of reported speech, but again, when you see sentences with the verb uh, dire in the past and then uh, a conditional perfect coming after, if you wonder why that's the case, it's probably because it's a future in the past. <laughs> okay, so two things here. First of all, future in the past, this concept, a little bit tricky to understand, but I think, Francesca, you've explained it really well. But the second thing is, can you just say nitty-gritty one more time? Nitty-gritty? I loved it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it just sounds so lovely here. Nitty-gritty. <laughs> okay, that's one for our listeners. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else we need to know about the conditional perfect? There is one more thing that I would like to mention, Mark. And it's a special function that the conditional has, uh, both in, in the perfect tense, but also uh, in the simple conditional, which we learned in the previous episode. And this is what we call in Italian condizionale di dissociazione or dissociativo. Right. It sounds very complicated. The, the disassociation conditional or something, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what does this involve? Basically, when you are telling about an event which is happening in the present or in the past, and either you're not too sure about it or you don't want to take any responsibility, thus being associated uh, with what you're saying in a way, then to convey that in Italian, you can use uh, the conditional. So would I be right in thinking that this is the kind of thing that we would see in like news reports Yes, most of the times. And it's when in English you would use, for example, apparently, allegedly, it has been reported, it has been said. Mm -hmm. So we don't really need to use those equivalent words in Italian. We can just use the conditional or the conditional perfect and that conveys that same meaning. Esattamente, sì. Give us some examples. Ad esempio, um, i maneskin sarebbero in un hotel in centro a Napoli. Now, for those of you who have been following the, the events of, of the Eurovision Song Contest in the past few weeks, we <laughs> are all very familiar with Maniskin, um, the, the band that won last year's Eurovision. Yeah. And if you're listening to this in the future, then we're talking about 2022 Eurovision, yeah, exactly. um, in which they came back and performed uh, having won 2021. Exactly, yeah. So you said, i Maniskin sarebbero in un hotel in centro a Napoli. So it is said or allegedly Maniskin, are in a hotel in the centre of Napoli, in Naples. So this could be true, but maybe it's just uh, fake news. Okay, okay. Um, But we don't translate that as would be in this case. No, no. In English, you would use other ways to convey the uncertainty. Okay, maybe one more example. Sì, um, secondo quanto riportato, il ministro avrebbe ricevuto una bustarella. Una bustarella? Una busta <laughs> is an envelope. Sì. What's una bustarella? Una bustarella è qualcosa, è una busta speciale. Is it con something dentro della busta? Sì, con something dentro. <laughs> con something dentro. So, a, a bribe. Sì, sì, oh, okay. a brown envelope. Ah, ok, ok. So, secondo quanto riportato... Um, as it has been reported, as how it has been reported, il ministro avrebbe ricevuto una bustarella. The minister received or has received a bribe. And obviously we're not referring to any particular minister no. here. This is a, a made-up sentence with an example for our Italian learning. 
Sì, sì, esatto. So we are not saying il ministro ha ricevuto, that would be a certainty, a fact. So this could again be fake news and we are just reporting on something, but we don't take any responsibility for this statement. Excellent. Okay, Francesca. There's been quite a lot of information about the conditional perfect to, to take on board, isn't it? Sì, sì, mi sembra di sì. <laughs> there are a couple of other things that we do want to mention, however, and one of these is, I think it's a kind of, uh, maybe a little bit of a frustration from the learner. When, uh, when you've learned the past conditional, the conditional perfect, there's another thing that goes with it, isn't there? Sì, sì, sì. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about, the if clauses. <laughs> yeah. So in English, if we say, I would have uh, bought that yacht if I had uh, won the lottery. Sì. Um, that is easy in English, but it's a little more complicated in Italian and it's not something that we're really ready to cover yet. Yes, you're right, Mark, because in Italian to form the so-called if clauses, we need the subjunctive, uh, something that we have not covered uh, yet, but we will in uh, in the future. So I would say to our listeners for the moment, if you want to play, let's say, an experiment a little bit with the conditional perfect uh, together with an idea of if, don't use if or se. Uh, for the moment, unless obviously you already know <laughs> the, the subjunctive, and use alternatives. For example, if you want to say, uh, if I had had more time, just say with more time, compute tempo. Yeah. Or if um, you were saying, if I were him. Okay, that's another good one. Just say al posto suo or al suo posto. Yeah, so in in his position, and we can avoid the verb in there. Si, um, si. Perhaps another example would be when you're, uh, you know, if 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 it if it hadn't been raining. Ah, sì, sì, sì. Possiamo semplicemente dire without the rain, senza la pioggia. So more often than not, there is a way around sì. uh, having to use that subjunctive. And we promise we will be covering the subjunctive we will. Um, in, in a future lesson. But the, the way in which we've always built Coffee Break Italian is, is to introduce things gradually, provide alternatives until you reach the point of sì. uh, being able to, to cope with with that, which we know you'll be able to cope with. Of course. Without, without, without any bother. <laughs> sì. Talking of which, I think there's one other thing that we need to mention about this whole idea of wood in the past, because we've talked before about a special wood, and that's that wood that means, oh, when I was young, I would... I would walk along the beach with my grandfather at sunset and we would talk about life and things like that. Oh, che bella immagine poetica. <laughs> and that wood, yes, it's a kind of wood in the past, but it's a different wood in the past. That is, of course, an imperfect wood. See, see, this is something that it used to confuse me quite a lot in English. I could never understand uh, that function. But now I know that it's something that in Italian we would simply convey with the indicative imperfect. Quindi quando ero bambino andavo sempre con mio nonno in spiaggia e parlavamo, eccetera, eccetera. Sì, perfetto. Okay, I think it's time to put all of what we've learned about the conditional perfect into practice and we're going to do that with a conversation and that is coming up right after the break.
In addition to the podcast version of Coffee Break Italian Season 3, we are also putting together a full course on the Coffee Break Academy, where you'll be able to access bonus materials to help you make even better progress with your Italian. That's right. Not only will you be able to enjoy an ad-free audio version of each lesson, we'll also provide a bonus episode in which we'll go through every detail of the dialogues and a third episode for each lesson in which Francesca will be testing us with some translation challenges based on the lesson topic. Of course, there are comprehensive notes and a video version of each lesson too. Visit coffeebreakitalian.com and follow the links for season three there. Io ho fatto la spesa, ma tu avresti dovuto comprare la maionese nel negozietto che vende la tua maionese vegana preferita. Ah, già! Beh, ma avresti potuto almeno ricordarmelo. Lo sai che il mercoledì è un giorno terribile per me, con tutte quelle riunioni di metà settimana. In realtà volevo mandarti un messaggio, ma... Ma? Ti saresti arrabbiata. Mi dici sempre di non disturbarti il mercoledì perché devi rimanere concentrata. 
va bene, dai, eh, non importa, non avrei mai pensato di poter sopravvivere senza la maionese vegana, ma forse ce la farò, c'è sempre una prima volta. Sì, cambiamo discorso. Hai sentito dell'incendio di oggi? Ne ho sentito parlare in ufficio, ma non ho capito bene cosa è successo. Un ristorante in Via Repubblica ha preso fuoco e, a quanto pare, l'incendio avrebbe causato molti danni ad altri negozi e ristoranti. Oh, è terribile! Eh sì. Ma aspetta, il negozio di Tiziana non è in Via Repubblica. È vero, mi ero dimenticato. Che stupidi! Saremmo dovuti andare lì subito da lei. Forse avremmo potuto dare una mano. Sì, ma chissà. Forse non ci avrebbero lasciati passare. Di solito in questi casi la polizia chiude la strada. Vabbè, ormai è troppo tardi. Avremmo dovuto pensarci prima. Ah, il telegiornale regionale. Forse diranno qualcosa dell'incendio. Buonasera dal telegiornale regionale del Lazio. In primo piano l'incendio che ha colpito oggi pomeriggio il cuore di Roma. L'incendio sarebbe partito dalla cucina del ristorante Antica Villa Tivoli e si sarebbe propagato per il resto dei locali. Nonostante il tempestivo intervento di tutto il personale del ristorante, non ci sarebbe stato modo di placare le fiamme, che subito hanno attaccato negozi e ristoranti adiacenti. Solo con l'arrivo dei vigili del fuoco è stato possibile domare le fiamme, che altrimenti avrebbero continuato a provocare ulteriori danni. Secondo quanto dichiarato dalla polizia, non ci sarebbero state vittime. La causa dell'incendio rimane ignota, ma un dipendente del ristorante avrebbe descritto la cucina come troppo vecchia e non più a norma. Ma passiamo ora alla politica. Ti prego, spegni, queste notizie mi fanno stare male, mi è persino passato l'appetito. Scusa, cara, avrei dovuto dirti dell'incendio dopo cena. No, hai fatto bene, invece. Senti, telefoniamo a Tiziana e vediamo come sta. Wow, serious events. Mamma mia, sì. Okay, now, um, as usual, we'll go through the, the full conversation in detail in our bonus episode, but perhaps we can have a little summary just now for, for our listeners. Sì, va bene. So as we said at the start, we can see a couple, probably husband and wife, they're having dinner and they notice that there is no mayonnaise, the vegan, the favorite vegan mayonnaise left. Yeah, they can't quite make up their minds as to who should have bought it. Um, one, one says it's the, the other's responsibility and so on. Um, but they, they end up remembering that the, the wife was meant to buy Uh, the mayonnaise from the small shop which sells that particular type of vegan mayonnaise. See, but we find out that it's Wednesday, mercoledì, uh, which is a very busy day for for her and that's probably why she she forgot to buy it. Okay, and um, her husband uh, thought about texting her but 
He knew that she would have uh, gotten angry as uh, she needs to stay focused on Wednesdays. <laughs> si, si. Anyway, she realizes that she can actually survive without it. And uh, and they, they change the topic of their conversation. <laughs> and that's when the husband mentions that a fire has taken place in a, in a restaurant in Via Repubblica. Si. Um, and it's caused a lot of damage, unfortunately, to, to neighboring shops and restaurants. And, and the wife realizes that uh, um, that via is where their their friend Tiziana's shop also um, is, and uh, and then she thinks that they should have gone there to check if everything was uh, was okay. Yeah, the the husband thinks that the police would not have allowed them to to go as they normally close the roads in in cases like this. Yes, and we also hear the uh, the telegiornale, the the news, uh, which are reporting uh, on uh, on this uh, event. And that's where we hear lots of those very specific conditional perfects, um, where in a sense the reporters are keeping their distance, si. um, explaining what is said to have happened and allegedly happened, and, exactly. and so on. Si. So okay. they say that despite the prompt intervention of the restaurant staff, apparently there was uh, uh, no way to stop the fire. And the reason behind the fire seems to be unknown, but according to an employee, the, the kitchen was not complying with the safety standards. Yeah. Not it's so disaster. good. So yes, the, the, the wife feels um, uh, unwell probably after hearing all this uh, and uh, she lost her appetite. <laughs> Poverina. Si. Um, the husband apologises for telling her about this just before dinner, um, but they decide to phone Tiziana to, to check on her. See, si, that's a good idea. Okay. So as I said, we will go through all of this in our bonus episode. Um, but for now, let's pass on to our cosina. Ancora si. una cosina. <laughs> Come sempre, c'è ancora una cosina. Eh, la cosina per questo episodio combina i due argomenti della conversazione di oggi, il cibo e il fuoco. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what is this expression then, Francesca? So, it is mettere troppa carne al fuoco. Right, so to literally to put too much meat on the fire. <laughs> okay, puoi spiegarci. See, it's basically when we want to do too many things uh, and it's probably uh, there are so many that we cannot uh, handle them all or do everything properly. So uh, we lose control on, on everything in the end. <laughs> I love the fact that this involves food in, in Italian. I think in English <laughs> we would probably just say to have too many irons in the fire. Okay. Um, or maybe to spread yourself too thinly. Ah, che carino. <laughs> but in, in Italian you put too much meat on the fire. Sì, ad esempio, if I say, ah, oh, today I'm going to do a little bit of listening and a little bit of writing and going through the vocab and then uh, uh, writing a short and then you think maybe it's probably better if you focus on uh, one cosina. <laughs> non mettere troppa carne al fuoco, Francesca. Esatto. <laughs> With that, we'll leave you there for this episode. Of course, do tune in for the bonus episode and the translation challenges. And if you don't have access to them, you can find them at the Coffee Break Academy. That's coffeebreakacademy.com. Grazie mille, Francesca. Grazie a te, Mark. E alla prossima. Ciao, ciao. You have been listening to a Coffee Break Languages production for the Radio Lingua Network. Copyright 2022, Radio Lingua Limited. Recording copyright 2022, Radio Lingua Limited. All rights reserved.